spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host otherwise known as the brain broad. I almost ran out of breath there. I could barely get the word host out. It probably had a very eerie sound to it, which is appropriate since it's late where I am, dark where I am, the wind is howling outside, and I am tired from a really long and highly successful week. So I'm really happy to be curled up in a hotel bedroom on the phone and getting ready to talk to a very entertaining young man. Um, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about Asperger's and a movie. The movie's called Asperger's or Us. That's the hint. Let me tell you to stay to the very end of the show where we'll do stories from the road. And before that, mm, you know what? I didn't ask our visitor if he's got a DVD to hand out. So maybe you'll get a great guest giveaway from him. And if not, I promise to be the okay, 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 great guest giveaway just to make sure you get something. All right, before I introduce you to today's guest, who, by the way, has been in and around somebody I'm kind of a fangirl of, so I'm going to have to ask a little bit of a non-Asperger's question or two just so that I can satisfy my own curiosity. But before we do that, I just want to tell you that the reason I'm so excited about this guest is I actually watched the movie that we're going to talk to uh, the director of, and um, it was so awesome. You know, I spend a lot of time working in homes where people have special needs folks, and I spend a lot of time helping families with autism just love what they are, love who they are, love how quirky they are. In fact, I just did that all day today saying to a mom, if you Stop worrying about that it doesn't look normal and start going, oh my gosh, he's just the cutest, quirkiest, most awesome guy ever. You will have an entirely different experience of this journey, and so will he. And guess what? He'll grow and blossom, and so will you, and you'll both end up independent, joyous, and full of great, fun stories. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to the director of this movie, and clearly the way that he uses his camera and the way that he put this together, he can see the beauty and the quirky, and I'm really excited to have him. Alex Lehman is the director of um, Asperger's or Us, but he also has spent a fair amount of time on the set of The League, and I'm a big Jean Lajoie fan, so if you don't know who that is, you're lost, but, <laughs> but our guest will, so welcome to the show, Alex Lehman. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to have you on here. First, let me thank you for. Were you the one that sent me the link so that I could watch it? Um, I think so. We're going to say yes. I've been sending the link out to. Take the credit. Always take the credit. It's really important, you know. (laughs) So often we get the blame. Take the credit. Well, I loved it actually. I loved it a lot. Um, The guys are gorgeous and and funny and and strange and perfect and normal all at the same time. So how did this? come about, and remember, we are going to talk about the league for a few minutes at some point, but right now, let's stay with sure. Asperger's or Us. How did it well, come about, and tell people how they 
pregnancy, and all that good stuff. Well, the film, it's, it's out on iTunes now. This is, uh, we just released a few days ago, and this is like our big first week weekend push. And uh, so anybody that's thinking about watching it, um, keep listening. But, uh, you, know, get, if, you know, if you don't mind. When we're done, go watch it. Yeah, because uh, it, it helps, it helps kind of get it on the main screen, screen of iTunes. It helps a whole other audience that, you know, doesn't listen to, to this podcast or this kind of podcast. Um, it, it helps a lot of other people get the exposure to this because just like them, I didn't know anything about Asperger's or autism. And, um, and I was actually writing a script. Um, and one of the characters was going to kind of talk about Asperger's, you know, maybe even like make some, 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 uh, do some comedic stuff with Asperger's. And so I started Googling, just researching, trying to find some articles about, about autism and comedy. And so I came across this article about this troupe, Asperger's RS. These guys were, very funny, even within the article, their, their, their sense of humor was apparent. And, um, and yeah, just the idea of somebody on the spectrum having um, a really good sense of humor defied my, my preconceptions, which, you know, I, I can admit now that I just didn't, okay. <laughs> I didn't I, you know, it, it, was, it was just not something I thought of when I thought of Asperger's or autism. Um, and, and I thought to myself, these guys are interesting. And I feel like I have a lot to learn, and my script is not nearly as interesting as, as their story. So I'm going to put the script down, pick up a camera, and go make a documentary about them. And, um, and I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a, a puff piece or, you know, some sort of just feel-good thing. And those are, those are great as well, but I wanted to show them um, from as much of an objective standpoint as possible. And they felt that way as well. And when they realized that it was, you know, there not to just you know, pity them or, or, you know, show the four guys that, you know, they're autistic, but like, that's okay. They can still do stuff too. It became, you know, when they realized it was much more, much more than that. And it was, you know, let me legitimately see their process and, and how they're, you know, uh, trying to be a successful sketch comedy troupe. Um, but also see their, their home life and get a sense of who they are. You know, we explore everything and, and we explore, what it's like to, to be on the spectrum and what it's like to have a child on the spectrum, what it's like to be a parent, or, you know, what, what it's like to um, be a parent with a child on the spectrum. You know, I got to meet their, their, their family members. And so all of that is a part of the documentary, but the, the thrust of the film was, let's see what this really strong group of friends who have found a common interest and are passionate about can do. And whether it's good or bad, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show it all. And, um, you know, I just fell in love with them from the beginning. They're just, just these wonderful guys. They have such heart and, and they go for it. And, and I think they're, they're hilarious. And a lot of people do. So that's yeah, how the film I, got started. Well, I think it's awesome. I really love, by the way, that you did exactly what you just said. So I'm going to, I'm going to reiterate because now everybody's going, oh, wow, autism's, you know, everyone pays attention to autism. Let's put an autism character in our, in our TV show. Let's put an autism character in our movie. Let's put, I can't tell you the number of scripts I see now. And unfortunately, they don't usually know much about somebody on the spectrum. And so then, first of all, they think they're bringing attention and awareness to something that they've just picked up the myths about. 
and they're not bringing attention or awareness. They're actually doing propaganda and making the myths bigger and stronger. So I really appreciate that you set down your script and said, actually, let me look at this for real and pick some entertaining people to do that with. That's very awesome. I'm curious about how this is, um, because we've got you credited here, so I want to make sure that I say it correctly, because we've got you down as cinematographer, but somewhere else I heard director. So what's the proper title? Um, you know, those are two different roles in, uh, in a lot of films. Um, I just happened to have been wearing both of the hats on that. As I was also the, the sound man for a lot of it. I was the editor. Okay. I was the producer. Okay. Uh, I paid for the film, um, you know, on my credit card. As I just, I believe. Yeah, yeah me too. So, me too. I got stuff so, yeah. out there. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, so I, uh, in this, in this circumstance, I was the cinematographer and the director. Um, I have a background in cinematography. I'd been wanting to make a movie as a director for a long time. I wanted it to be the right one to take that step forward and prove to people that it was a, a competent director. And, and this was the story that I wanted to tell, that I believed in. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you did a nice, really nice job. Okay. Thank you. Um, so when you think about your experience of getting to know these guys and putting, you know, you must have, I know how much footage we don't use compared to how much we do so I'm sure you spent a lot of time and shot a lot of footage so what was your most um, eye-opening experience Um, I think my most eye-opening experience was the amount of uh, self-awareness that these guys had when having to process certain feelings or conflicts Um, there's a part. There's a part of the film where you know one one of the guys, New Michael, he has a, a little bit of a meltdown while they're in a creative process, and you know while, while they're trying to you know do some writing and rehearsing, and so there's a little bit of discord, which by the way happens to any group of people trying to make something you know make art or do you know make something creative. So that you know, I've I've worked on shows like Project Greenlight and Project Runway and all these different you know project shows where you you know you put people in a room and and they try to be creative and there's, there's, there's you know that's what happens when you get artists and and ego and vulnerability involved. Um, so that wasn't surprising to me. But what was surprising was you know immediately after the meltdown, immediately after like all that conflict. I, I, you know, I, I interviewed a couple of the guys and they were explaining to me so well what they were feeling, what the other person was feeling, why this was happening, how they could avoid this or how, you know, how long it was going to take for the cool down period to be. And it was just incredibly emotionally mature for, um, for 20 year olds, three of the guys right. were 20 years old. And I was thinking, I, I didn't understand myself that much when I was 20. I certainly wasn't able to process my emotions and, and, and especially express them the way that these guys were <laughs> expressing them. And so that, that to me was just was fascinating to watch. Um, so that's, that's one of the can things I Can I tell you, Alex, I believe, Alex, I believe that that is the upside of having had emotional, sensory, social challenges is you had to learn what exactly you were coping with. You had to learn how to put words to it. You had to learn how to express it. And in fact, almost all of the people that I know that are on the spectrum, given the opportunity, are more self-aware by the time they're 20 if they were brought up learning that process. And it's really kind of amazing. They're very wise. Yeah, and you know what? I've never I've never really understood why, uh, you know, you, I think you just explained it really succinctly as to why, 
you know, why they've gotten there. They've, they had to. <laughs> they've, they've had to explain more feelings and outbursts and actually understand and, and express them in words. Sure, that it's like if you're neurotypicals a could understand. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. If you yeah. if you're a musician and you're a natural and you can just sit down and play, and someone says, "How do you do that?" Usually, you're a bad teacher because you don't know how. You don't know what you did. But somebody who had to pluck away and learn every note and learn every piece of it, they literally are, can say, "Well, this is because this chord goes here, and my hand does this." Like they had to learn each step, and so therefore they can express it and become better at at sharing and teaching. I love that. I should have interviewed you for the documentary. That's very Yes, insightful. you should have. I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, okay, so, so that was your eye-opening thing. What was, um, as, so oh, just to give people sort of whet their appetite, they new Michael, that's the best name ever. Um, I love yeah. it. His dad's Michael. That's old Michael. He's new Michael. So you have to call him new Michael. It's so great. Um, it doesn't and, give and anyone other, a pass. Right, and and the the I can't remember the character's name. He's he's always going, uh, nothing bad is going to happen. I... <laughs> Noah, so Noah was there. He was their counselor. He's ten years older than the other three, and he was their counselor when they were all at a performing uh, arts camp for for individuals on the spectrum. And um, as you see in the trailer for the for the documentary, and as you see in the documentary, he didn't get his diagnosis until he was I think 19 or 20 um, and it was so eye-opening for him but you know at 19 or 20 years old to say oh my gosh this is why the, the, everything is starting to make sense but now I want to go meet other people that are like me and that, that you know have been kind of you know given the, the same kind of uh, label or attributes just just to you know meet other people like me so that's why he joined um, that that camp which, you know, was for kids. So he, he ended up joining as a counselor and was a great counselor. He, he's, you know, obviously so insightful. Um, but he befriended these three guys when they were all, you know, young teens. And when they, when they turned 18, he said, all right, let, you guys are old enough now. Let's, let's make a comedy troupe. But, um, but yeah, Noah's kind of, he's not the leader of the troupe. You know, they always want to remind you that, but he's, he was their mentor for a long time. So there's, there's, you know, there's that, there's also that relationship, which is fun to explore, which is, um, I mean, I I would say, you know, one thing I'd want to add about this is I wanted to make sure that this was a film where, you know, I wanted to be able to relate to it emotionally. Um, and you know, there are certain things that just being thrust into it, you know, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't express what it's like to have. Uh, you know, lived uh, with certain sensory issues or anything. It's, it's not been my life, and, and I've not grown up with, you know, someone in my family or, or that I'm around all the time uh, experiencing that. So I, I knew that there were certain things that I was connecting to that had a lot less to do about them being autistic. Um, there's a great, you know, there's a, there's, there's a storyline where, where the father and son we're having trouble connecting and there's a storyline, you know, that I just mentioned where Noah and, and, you know, new Michael, one of the other troop members, they're both kind of trying to be the leaders of the troop. They're both trying to be the, you know, there's that, the, there's the, uh, the John Lennon, Paul McCartney riff yeah, oh, that's of, uh, the, 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 the leaders of, of the troop and, you know, things like that. I, I, I see, you know, I, you know, I've experienced creatively and, you know, a, a father who, who wants to love his son, but it has some, challenges and understanding his son there yes there's some extra stuff going on in this situation particularly but 
you know, I, I know a lot of dads that have that issue. My, my father and I, you know, had, had certain issues where it was hard for us to understand each other, but we loved each other and we didn't always know how to express it. So it was very important for me to tell, you know, the coming you did. of age You really story. did. You, you told yeah. a story of a group of guys who just happened to have that kind of quirk. It could have been any truth to tell you the truth. They're always quirky. But um, just yeah. to throw again my two cents in on this, I, my experience is that one of the, again, the blessings, I like to find the blessings in this beautiful disorder. And um, one of the blessings is that it magnifies the issues so you can see them. So, yes, we all have parent-child issues. But when you have uh, something diagnosable, you, and especially with autism, there's like a magnification of what's going on that makes it actually clearer Absolutely. once you look. You know, it's really, it's really a gift, like a magnifying glass to the whole thing. It's really a gift. So you're listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher, host otherwise known as The Brain Broad. And today we are talking with Alex Lehman. Now, he's done a really wonderful job. It's actually Alexandra, according to IMDb. But I like Alex. He's, he looks like a regular Alex kind of guy. Anyway, he's worn all the hats. He's been the, the director, the pay-for-it-er called producer, the, uh, the go-in-debtor. And he's going to become the get-richer because it's a really great story. He's also the cinematographer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he's, uh, he's really done a nice job of this. I really suggest you check it out. And he's made a good point coming at, into this at the beginning is that if we want to stay only us, watching these things and becoming aware of what's propaganda and what's truth, then fine, don't spread it. But if you really want to get the people who aren't really in our choir to get their eyes on this, we have to get things to be seen by the regular Joe. And that means I need you to go and go to, um, I'll have him tell you how to go see it, but I need you to go do that and get it higher profile out, out there on the net and help him help us. So that's kind of how that works. Remember to stay to the end of the show where I'll do stories from the road. And in a second, I'm going to see if he'll give away one to one of you lucky people the opportunity to view it. And if he doesn't, I'll give you something to mind because I've got cool stuff too. Okay, so I've put you on the spot, Alex. <laughs> what do you think? Can, can you be my, okay, 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 you're the great guest giveaway. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you give one lucky person the opportunity to watch this for free? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's my pleasure. I want I want as many people to see this as possible. Um, We've been um, they're not quite made. They're in the process of of getting made, but um, we're about to have DVDs made. That's probably the easiest way for me to get it out to someone. Um, Well, we can solve that problem when they solve our problem. I need to know who it is. So whoever you are. First person gets it, send me an email to my personal email, mom, M-O-M, number four, E-V-E-R-M-O-R-E. That's mom forevermore. Like, who wouldn't want to be called that? I'm the mom forevermore <laughs> at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. And whoever you are, I'll pass you to Alex. And Alex will figure out whether to let you watch it streaming or whether to give you a DVD or whatever. He'll take good care of you. Um, So that's it. You have to be the first person. And in the subject line, what crazy thing should we make them put in the subject line, Alex? True story. True story. I love it. That's from the movie. All right. I love it. So that's what they have to put in. So let's talk a little bit more. But before we talk about, um, because I want to close on talking about Asperger's RS, and you'll tell people how to check it out and all that stuff. But let's just dip over to the league. (laughs) 
I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to give us a really smooth segue into the league, and then and then good, do it, do it, and then you can ask me the John LeDraw question. So this okay. movie would have uh, it was just just me making it by myself, and I was trying to figure out how to get it out there. And there's this really wonderful filmmaker. His name is Mark Duplass of the Duplass Brothers. Uh, they make really cool indie movies, and they're actually you know pretty successful, pretty well known. They've got they they had a show on HBO. They've got a new one on HBO. Bunch of cool movies on Netflix. And he's an actor on the league as well. And he knew that I was making this documentary. And I guess just to, to put it bluntly, he's the kind of guy where, you know, when he finally watched it, he said, I want to be a part of this. I'm going to help you finish this and make it even better. And then immediately we, we were able to get it into a very good film festival um, because, you know, his, his name carries a lot of weight and people know he only puts his name on things. You know, he only joins up on things that are, you know, Good, and that he believes in. So he and his brother, the Duplass brothers, became executive producers on it and helped us, you know, get it to where it is now. And so Mark was one of the actors on the league. And, um, yeah, just, you know, it's just one of those things where you, you work hard on something and then it's, it's, you just, you, at the right time, you know, right place, right time, you decide to give it to yeah. someone who's got a little bit more, a uh, little more pull. And then you've got a question about Mr. Lajoie, the, the, the French Canadian, uh, one of the, one of the six main actors from our show. Um, how do you, how do you know John? How are you a fan of his? Oh, you know, I'm, <laughs> my kids. I've, so I've got, uh, 10 kids, eight grandkids, and so I'm always looking for ways to be cool, you know, so that they don't sort of throw me to the curb and never talk to me again other than to hand me a old lady blanket to put over my shoulders. So <laughs> I saw online, um, show me your genitals, which I figured for sure my grandsons would find enormously funny. Get over yourselves, people. It's a really funny bit. So, and I'm Canadian originally, but living in California. I'm on the road at the moment, but I live in California. So um, it was like, oh, wow, a Canadian, and he's finding a way to sort of make a splash online. And that interested me as well because I was a stand-up comedian when I was in Canada. So it was like there was just enough interest all the way around. But then it made me a hero in the house. So so how could I not become how could I not become a fan when I I was the one who found him and turned on the whole family to him. So I just sure. I'm just curious how he is what he's like to work with and he's just such a funny quirky strange uh sense of humor but it's always so uh it goes all the way to the edge. He's, you know, all Canadians have a different way of, pre- of presenting sexual humor. Anyway, we've got, we're like more like the English sense of humor. We don't have the same parameters as they do here in the states. So he right. goes all the way well, to the edge, but there's always a meaning to it. So I really love his stuff. So you tell me, just tell us some stuff about John Lejoie. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, like like most Canadians, um, he at first seems to be very nice, but he's incredibly mean and hateful. It's just it's just what all all you Canadians are, right? It's just. <laughs> This is dark, dark souls. Uh, no, he's wonderful. He's a, he's a he's just a big, a big, funny, lovable marshmallow of a man. He's so sweet and uh, huggable. He doesn't. He probably wouldn't want me to say that, but I. I no, yeah. let's say it. Let's he's, say it. He's huggable. He's a good guy. He is a sweet, huggable man. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got this new album out. that's really, really funny. Um, is it? I have. But yeah, he was a he was a pleasure to work with on the show and his name is his character name is taco and he ended up always 
getting to do the very weird, uh, you know, stunt gags and, and, and absurd things. And he got a lot of the really funny punchlines and, um, he's great to work with. He's a, he's a good dude, like all Canadians. And I am a Canadian citizen as well. I was not born there, but my dad was born there. And so I still, Oh, look at uh, that. We have, have so much able... in common. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian oh, we have to help each other. We have to help each other. Okay. So here's the thing. You just worked with this comedy troupe, Asperger's or Us, and you filmed it and you saw some of their dynamic and stuff. Yep. And the league is kind of a troupe sort of style. So let's just go ahead. Do you see as many, um, you know, creative arguments and difficulties and challenges in when you're in that set as you were as you did on this one? Yes, it always happens. No matter no matter what, when when you have a bunch of artists, a uh, bunch of talented artists who have different voices, which you want when you're making art uh, collaboratively, um, trying to do the best that they can and push boundaries and explore new ideas is the only way to entertain properly you're going to have conflict and that's okay and uh any professional knows that you're going to have those conflicts you'll just work through them but they'll in the end push you to make something better and that's something i respect about the troop is there was no complacency they they were willing to you know push themselves and each other to to make something good they're professionals that's, that's what i expect of them you know, I want their careers to, to go far. And as long as they keep you know, taking themselves seriously with comedy, uh, I right. think they'll do well. Yeah. Take yourself seriously with comedy like an oxymoron sentence. <laughs> okay, <Yep>. so, <laughs> so when they were doing their material, did they have, I know, I know they had that whole super, uh, superhero thing that was kind of fun and interesting to watch play out. But as far as each individual or the troupe itself, did they have any material they weren't willing to touch? Like, Jean Lajoie would have no material he's not willing to touch, so I like Yeah, it. Like, not yeah, yeah. Sacred. I will say, yes, the troupe is very specific about the kind of comedy they do. They love wordplay, which probably everybody listening to this podcast completely gets why they would right. enjoy wordplay and puns. Um, and they also like absurdism. Um, what they don't like is any sort of comedy that, that has a victim. They like victimless comedy. They don't want to make fun of anyone. They don't want to belittle anyone. Um, I think they've probably all experienced at some point enough bullying or belittling that that uh, they realize that they don't want to do any harm. And so they want to find comedy that is um, positive and, and, and has no victim. So that's, yeah, that's okay. why they're, you know, so that's here why we they're are. doing what, what they're doing. Okay, so here we are again at the gift of the the disorder. So I remember standing on stage and I was doing some stand up and I you know, they teach you all these things that you say to the hecklers and you have these like stock lines and somebody said something and I used a stock line and I saw his feelings get hurt. And I stopped the show and I said, Okay, I'm so sorry and I'll never do that again and I remember everybody like um you're supposed to be funny up there. Stop that. <laughs> right? And I just said, right. you know, I, I'm sorry. I'll choose fun over funny. And then I just chatted with them. And then I found my way back into the the comedy, fortunately. Um, but from that movement forward, and by the way, I had Asperger's. So had, have. And um, I, uh, from that movement forward, it was always had to be victimless. And this has been my experience of the people that, Sometimes, you know, you try it because it's easier to do the mean stuff, but the fact is it's 
too much like what we feel in our heart when someone even just, you know, the slightest judgment, you feel it like barbs. So it's beautiful that you mentioned that because imagine if all the comedians did that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's room for all comedy, but um, I agree. But, but why? But, why not but stretch yourself? I think. Well, that's that's the thing is there's there's room for all comedy, but the best comedy to me is the stuff that that really forces you to um, to think because there's a lot of laziness and just hurting other people for 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 a laugh and. Um, you know, some of my favorite uh, comedians, you know, Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg, they... they <gasps> Mitch, I dated him. Much... He's so awesome. He's so awesome. He's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. You're, oh, yeah. you're oh, officially, he's so... like, a legend. Dude, he's, yeah. in my, he's in my book. He's in my book. He's so wonderful, and I so miss him. He's just... He was so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. But, I mean, the, you know, the, so you know, I mean, the kind of, the kind of comedy, you know, he never... He never, uh, you know, hurt a soul with any of his comedy. As far as you know, all the st- all the material that I've ever been able to, to never, listen to or, yeah. or watch, I mean, it was always just very intelligent. It forced him, I'm sure, to be more more intelligent with his humor. But but man, was it you know? Did it did it, it, it hit harder? Did it did it work so better? Spot on. Yeah. yeah, so spot on. Yeah. And, and typical things people think that they have to use. So so being mean with comedy is sort of a way of hitting. Um, an arena where everybody understands. And so people will go there. It's just, it's like you use sex, use body function, humor, use sort of commonalities. And, and being mean is common. But, um, he would take, honestly, he would have a joke about the photocopy machine, or I love his rice joke, or his, like, and they're typical, typical things, but yet he'd see that extra layer. And when you take the time to do that, man, that's brilliant, and everyone can relate. It's, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Super great. Okay, well, well we're that's fangirling. The, that's the truth, yeah. 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 Cool. So, all right, so the, I love that you, you said that about them, and I'm really trying to elevate that and point that out to everyone who's listening, that if you can help your family, your kids, uh, whoever you work with that has autism, if you can help them to know themselves as well as this troop has come to know themselves and help them to try to reach the world and not hit back but actually elevate everybody, then their disorder becomes their gift and they become superhumans, just like um, our beautiful... Asperger's RS group presented themselves as. It was really nice. What would you like to share at the end here, um, Alex? And then maybe, you know, tell people how they can see the show, how they can um, follow you, do whatever it is. Share share all the contact info that you want to. Sure, yeah, thank you. I mean, the most important thing for me, uh, you know, just a little more background as to how I made this movie. I, I knew that there was an audience for this film, just getting a sense of how, you know, even from an outside perspective, you know, the the subject of autism just became more and more mainstream. But but I also knew that as soon as I started making the film, I knew that I wasn't I didn't want to make the movie, you know, just for for that audience. I I wanted to make the movie for people like myself who only really had negative stereotypes. Um, to go off of as far as uh, people on the spectrum. And I, I, I didn't have any ill will, but like, I, I knew that like, the first things that came to mind were some of the negative connotations, not all the positive stuff that I, that I you know, have now come to realize having worked with these guys. Um, one thing that, that you know, I'm constantly asked about, you know, what, what's surprising about these guys, um, it, I, 
I'm in awe of how fast they think. And when I was filming them, and I'm friends with them now, when I'm hanging out with them, <laughs> I know that I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Like they, they are, you know, at least, at least as far as like speed and processing, they are, they are so, so quick witted and I'm so jealous of them. And I wish I could just, you know, I, I just, it just reminds me like, oh my gosh, my mind thinks, my mind works so much slower than you do. So I realized I, I want to share, you know, again, I didn't want it to be a puff piece about overcoming adversity. I, wa- I want it to be just, you know, I want people to understand like, no, no, there, there's all these attributes and, you know, there's, there's, there's so much to appreciate about these guys where you, where you understand who they are and you realize like they're, they're, I, you know, I don't, I don't look at these guys and think they're worse off than me and good job for them. Making, if anything, I feel like, especially with, um, you know, technology the way it is and, and, and a lot of the way society has changed, I feel like these guys are, um, at an advantage, uh, <laughs> compared to, uh, so, the way some of us think. So I, I'm, I'm excited to show all the positive attributes, um, that at least the four guys I know have. Um, and I want to share those attributes with people who don't know anything that's that, you know, who, who have very limited, um, understanding of, of what this world is. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. And, and I'm starting to get really great feedback because people are interested in this thing when they, they see this, this movie, it's called Asperger's Rust. They go, I don't, I, what, what is that? That's weird. That's, is that, is this a, are these people making fun of Asperger's or, you know, what's going on? Um, so a lot of people end up watching it. I'm starting to see not knowing what they're getting into. And by the end of it, they're, I, I've been getting some emails and people are thanking me and saying, I, I, I just watched it because I don't know why I watched it, but um, I am so much happier that I got to watch it. So, yeah, if you can help me get it out, not just to, you know, the community, but if you can share it with one person that could benefit from understanding a little more, I think that's the most important thing. That was a long rant, but I don't know. No, 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 I, 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 I agree. We need to talk to people outside the choir. We really do, so... Let's get That's it out bit. there a little bit. You're so concise. That's what I should have said. Talk to people out there. <laughs> All right. Um, How do they do it's it? It's on iTunes. It's on iTunes right now. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be on DVD uh, in December. Um, it'll be on Netflix in December. Um, but, yeah, right now it's it's on iTunes and it's on Amazon. And um, it's definitely helping us to get um, as many people to watch it right now and tell as many people to watch it right now. So Okay, people, make really, a buzz, really make a noise. Yes, yes, we want everybody making a buzz, making a noise, and watching, 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 and sharing with your friends, and, you know, let's, let's see if we can get this thing moving. Sarah Silverman watched it and tweeted immediately to, to all of her followers, to her 9 million followers, saying, like, oh, my gosh, this movie right now. Um, so that was very nice, and I, I hope more of the comedy com- community gets to see it. Um, because these guys are going to be legit next year. They're going to have a, a real comedy career, and I'm excited about that. That's very cool. All right, Alex, thank you. I really appreciate that you came on. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll chat again another time, and you show me yours, I'll show you mine, that sort of thing. It would be fun. But whatever happens, I do appreciate very much that you turned your camera on to our people, and now maybe we can spread a little bit of actual awareness and get rid of some of the mythology out there. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. 
Well, that was Alex Lehman of Asperger's or Us. He's the director, the cinematographer, the check writer, the multiple hat wear, the fantastic guy who's trying to make a difference out there and make sure that we are appreciated for what we can bring to the table rather for, than disappointing people for what we don't. Um, I, I already asked him to give away a copy of the documentary, so he was already the okay, 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 great guest giveaway. But before I move on to stories from the road, I just want to mention that I wrote a book called um, The Seven Senses of Leadership primarily because I'm trying to reach outside of our choir. It's what we were talking about with Alex, that, you know, you're trying to get people to see it that wouldn't otherwise see it. And in this case, I'm trying to get people to read about their sensory system that wouldn't otherwise read about their sensory system. I'm trying to sort of go to the people at the top and hands-on help the people at the bottom and get rid of the people in the middle because they're kind of making a mess of things. So, um, So I wrote this book and I did a leadership convention and I've done a few talks and it's the strangest thing but I get more calls and letters of appreciation for that book than for all the other things I've been over backwards to do and part of what that is I believe is just that it's possible for them to reach out and say thank you they have the money in their pocket they have the the ability to to write the note to send me an email to make the phone call all of that is easier for them I don't believe it means they're the only ones appreciating the things I do I hope I hope I hope but just in case you'd like me to offer you a book I'm going to add that to the mix today and we're going to have the double up on the okay 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 great guest giveaway and I'm going to offer one copy of the seven senses of leadership. After all, holiday seasons are coming. Thanksgiving is around the corner. It's nice to be able to give gifts and say, here, help yourself. So go ahead and send me an email, mom, number four, evermore, at juno, J-U-N-O, dot com. In the subject line, write sensory system, because we all got one, and it's all important how we use it. Okay, and that's obviously applicable to anybody who's on this on the uh, autism spectrum because our sensory systems are a little bit confused and different. Okay, it is time for Stories from the Road. It's very interesting. I was in a hotel when I started this show, but I ran out of time. I had to hang up, and I'm closing this show like completely other coast. So I started on the East Coast, and I'm closing on the West Coast. And for you, it's all one continuum. Wow, life is so interesting now with the technology the way it is. And with that in mind, I want to talk about somebody up in Canada that I was working with and playing with, and he was just a delight. So I met this young man on the, you know, teenager, and uh, he was so talented. He loved to do Rick Astley. <laughs> Long before everybody was making a joke of Rick Astley, he was doing Rick Astley for real. We were constantly dancing like Rick Astley and singing to Rick Astley, and he had a great talent for editing, so he would put all these things together. And he would edit, but his family wouldn't let him put it out into the world because they felt like, you know, it was dangerous if you put things on YouTube or it's people will know who you are and they'll come and get you. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got a skill already. And then it turned out that he was a golf pro. So here's this, this young man who's being homeschooled. He's a complete delight. He's totally quirky. He can like make money at so many things. He's set up for a future. And the whole family's worrying about what will ever come of him. 
And I'm beside myself trying to say, oh my gosh, there's not a problem here. Sure, he talks different. Sure, he likes Rick Astley when nobody else does. Sure, he, but he's so talented. So anyway, we got him into improv. And why I think that's so important to bring up now is, and it matches the theme of the day with Asperger's R Us, he, he just needed a place where being his goofy, crazy self was a good thing. And they were so sure he wasn't going to be able to handle it because he was always having these little temper tantrums whenever he'd be creating his... By the way, he could do like a pool shark move. He could he could set up the whole pool table so that he would just shoot the one, the cue ball into one ball and then like dominoes would all fall in order and all the balls would end up in the pucks. Like he was amazing. He could do everything. <laughs> anyway, so they they would see him have these temper tantrums when he was, you know, trying to set up these great extravagant film set things. And all I could see is a person who's able to do stuff that other people aren't able to do and fully capable of living on his own, and he'll probably have a couple of temper tantrums here and there, but they weren't destructive, they weren't violent, they were just, you know, a little childish. So they're all, you know, they're all focused on this this temper tantrum issue and completely disregarding all these other skills, but wanting to care, but feeling like they can't because they have to care about the temper tantrums. I'm like, who cares about these tantrums? Let's focus on this beautiful stuff and let's put them in with a bunch of people where being cooperative is the point. But how goofy you are, how, you know, how far can you take the joke? That's totally okay. He, they couldn't believe he would even want to go on a second day. They're like, he's going to go one day. He's going to not be comfortable with all the people. I'm telling you, I said, this is perfect for him. He's going to thrive. So we get him in. He comes out and he's like, I have to do this every day. And that was it. He went into improv classes, improvisational theater, in case you don't know what I mean. Sometimes I say improv because it's natural, you know, improv theater. And other people say, what's that? So improvisational theater classes. And he was with his own age level. And, yes, he was a little bit different than the other guys. But, yes, he brought a lot to the table. He was so creative. He came up with such interesting perspectives in the improvisational theater games and in the presentations that they did that he became a really quickly became a valuable member of the troupe. Now, he moved on from there, and he has a hugely popular YouTube channel now, millions and millions of views. And I'm sitting there with my thousand views going, oh, I hope somebody else watches. You know, so he's really going to be fine. He's got all kinds of skills and all kinds of interesting talents about him. But most importantly, he now also has a crowd of friends. And his story is so important because we just want to celebrate the difference and say your difference can be your success. Somebody else's problem is, you know, somebody else's problem is my solution. So that's how you want to look at life. You want to go, who is my child? What do they love? And how do we turn that into something 
awesome for them so that they can end up independent at the end of the day. It's really, really, really very possible. Anyways, you just got to think about this guy who's there with all these talents and can do so many things, and everybody's worried about his little, you know, tirades. Where And his tirades are so mild, like, you know, he didn't even punch a hole in the wall. I mean, my goodness. Hardly, hardly autistic at all. Anyways, just think about that and remember to look at the positive and find a way to blend it with the challenge. All right? My name's Lynette Louise. I'm also known as the Brain Bride. You've been listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. Our guest was Alex Lehman, and I so appreciate you for being here because, well, without you, I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Myself, spinning in circles and talking to myself, I can't hear.